You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2022. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 22 years and has taught worldwide in over 32 countries and continues to educate in person and online. My name is Ava Brandt and I am happy to welcome you to the third season of my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. Hi everyone, today we're going to talk about pricing and I'm going to go over a few pricing strategies that are not based on your self-worth. I am a photographer and I do a lot of teaching and whenever I'm teaching, pricing and marketing always come up as, you know, the two most challenging things. Besides, of course, baby posing and wrapping and all of that, whenever I spend any good amount of time with a photographer, they will say they struggle on pricing and of course marketing. And a lot of it is because many times photographers are basing their pricing based on their self-worth. So today I'm going to talk about pricing and I'm going to go over a few different pricing strategies. Pricing should not be based on your self-worth. It just shouldn't. And unfortunately, a lot of people do. I'm going to talk about four different pricing strategies. One is cost plus pricing, which means you add a markup to the cost of goods or services to make a profit, right? A lot of you may start out with, you know, cost plus pricing, and therefore you'll keep it really low because maybe your markup isn't that high. Competitor-based pricing, this is another thing that people do, setting the prices in relation to your competitors. The challenge with that is you don't know your competitors' expenses. You don't know the ins and outs of your competitors. So when you're basing it on your competitor, you don't get a true understanding of what you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to be pricing. Another is demand-based pricing and demand-based pricing, which means you're using supply and demand to determine your pricing. For example, if you're the only one in your area that's offering fairy photo sessions and nobody else is, you can do demand-based pricing. There's going to be a demand for this type of photo sessions. The other is value-based pricing. You're setting your prices by evaluating your customer's perceived value of your product or service. This is the one that most successful people base their pricing on. You know, for example, if you're adding avocado to a potato, well, the cost of adding that avocado is probably only 15 or 20 cents for the vendor, but they may charge a dollar or two for adding this particular avocado because it's based on their perceived value. If someone really wants avocado on their potato, they're going to pay for it. Okay. It's a perceived value. Same with your photography. If you're a photographer, there could be a perceived value on your work based upon the services that you're providing. Are you very custom? Do you spend a lot of time with your client? Do you offer a wardrobe? Do you offer help with in-person sales? You know, what are the services that you're providing to your client that are going to have a perceived value? If you have a list of services that you feel are a little bit different than your competitors and you feel that whatever photography and service you're providing has more of a value than standard cookie cutter photography, you can really go up in your pricing because there is going to be a demand for that based on the value of your service. Does that make sense? So You know, when you're starting out, when I was starting out, I set my pricing based on what I wanted to pay myself. So there weren't a lot of people teaching. 
And there's certain what there certainly wasn't all of these, you know, pricing programs and books that there are now. So because I left my corporate job, I knew I had an idea of how much I wanted to make. So when I set my initial session fees, it was based on paying myself and covering my costs, something a lot of photographers don't do when they're starting out. When a lot of photographers are starting out, they just do cost plus pricing where they'll just add kind of the bare minimum markup and which is super hard in digital because a lot of people have a hard time understanding the cost of digital. You say, well, there's no film and, and you know, it's just time, but, but it's, it's time. I mean, when I talk to photographers and I say, how long are your photo sessions? And they say three, four hours. And then I say, how long is your editing? And they say, oh, two, three, four hours. I've heard someone say eight. Well, that there's a cost to that. That's your time. And what I don't understand is why photographers don't put a number to that. Because if I was going to hire you and I was going to have you come work for me, you would want to know three things, right? You would want to know what does the job entail? You would want to know how much you were being paid and you would want to know how many hours you were going to work for that money, right? And if it was salary, you would try to determine if you could afford to work for that salary. And if it was hourly, you would want to know, is there a cap on the hours? Meaning if you need more money, you could be paid more. Unfortunately, a lot of photographers, when they're starting out, don't do that type of pricing. They put what they think feels good, or they'll look at what their competitor is charging. And then they'll say, well, my competitor is charging this. I'm not going to go that high because I'm not as good as they are. So I'm going to price it way lower. The problem with that is you may get a lot of clients, but then you're going to struggle financially and you can't pay your bills and you're really stressing out because you're spending eight or nine hours with a client and you're just not making enough money to cover it. And so if you have a partner and they're looking at your bills and expenses and looking at what you're spending into the business, it may not equal out, right? And this is where a lot of relationships really suffer because newborn photographers, we love to buy things, right? We love to buy props and the latest gear, not just newborn photographers, really all photographers, really any, any art, you're going to want the latest tools. You're going to, you know, be enamored by all that's out there to hone your craft. I get it myself included. And so that's fine, but can you afford to buy that latest prop? You know, I tell photographers all the time, you really don't need that much. I mean, when I'm starting out or when I'm teaching, I use a beanbag, a, a bowl, a bucket. I'm not using that much to teach the basics of photography. Now, there's things you can do to embellish an image, adding flowers and felted layers and, you know, adding unique elements to an image to make it look more professional and amazing, but you can do that without spending too much money. And so you've got to be careful when you're starting out because is the goal when you're starting out, is it to make money or are you going to just say, well, Anna, it's more like a hobby. I just kind of want to cover my costs and, and that's okay. But then you've got to be realistic about that. I mean, is this a business or a hobby? If it's a hobby and you're just bringing in enough money to cover costs, then that's fine, but you've got to own it and not get frustrated when you're not making any money because no one's treating your job like a business because you were the one that said it was a hobby. Does that make sense? So if you want to be a hobbyist, that's fine. Go for it. Um, but set your expectations for you and for others. Okay, let's go back to value-based pricing. Value-based pricing is really all about the customers. Instead of focusing on the cost of goods sold, 
or your competitor's price, you're going to base your prices on how much your target market believes it's worth. Well, what does that mean? Well, you've got to learn everything you can about your target market. Who is your target market? Most of my clients are well into their 30s, if not 40s. Many of my clients have a higher income bracket and they want more service. Many of my clients like the video offering that we included on pricing and want to be able to show up and have everything taken care of for them. We can bring in hair and makeup. We can provide clothing for them. And they can literally just show up with their newborn baby. And so I know who my target market is. My target market doesn't want a quickie, you know, 15-minute newborn photo shoot. They want to make sure that they're not rushed. They want to make sure that they're receiving a level of service and custom products and that the retouching is available. They want to make sure that the images that they're seeing on my camera are really good, that they don't need a whole lot of editing. Now, you may say your target market wants the 30-minute photo session. You may say your target market is younger in age and they want something more affordable. And that's okay. The problem is many photographers don't know who their target market is. You should be able to identify five characteristics of your client. So take a piece of paper and write down what are the five characteristics of your client. Mine is you know, they're well into their 30s, if not late 30s, early 40s. They're either pregnant or have a newborn baby. They're most likely dual income professionals. They value photography because not everybody, you know, wants product. Not everybody wants canvases on the wall. There are some people that say, hey, I just want a half hour mini newborn photo session for $300 or less and be on my way and just, you know, airdrop me the images or Dropbox or WeTransfer. And if that's your demographic, that's fine. But you, if you don't know your demographic, it's really hard to put pricing, especially value-based pricing out there. So you've got to really dial in and dial in on the perfect price. And, you know, how do you dial in? Well, you, you've just got to put things out there and see, you know, what happens. So what if you say, you know, well, and I've done that and I've raised my pricing, but no one's coming to me. They're not calling. You know, there have been quite a few times in my career where I've changed my pricing drastically. I went from a $600 baby plan to a $3,500 baby plan. And I remember it was a good six months before anyone booked that baby plan. And I told myself, that's okay. If I don't book another baby plan, that's fine because I felt like the value that I was offering for my baby plan and what my customers wanted that was appropriate pricing for me. And so when I changed that pricing, I just kind of waited and, and almost kind of forgot about it. Just said, don't focus on it. And then when the first person, you know, books it, then I know I've reached my target market. So, you know, value-based pricing is not always based on pricing about what you deserve. It's about a perceived value. So let's talk about when you go to the movies and you buy popcorn. How much do you pay for popcorn? It's a ridiculous amount of money, right? You know you could go to the grocery store and pay pennies for popcorn, pop it, put it in a bag, and sneak it into the movie theater, and you're going to save a lot of money, right? You could pay, I don't even know how much popcorn it is, $12, $15 a tub, or you could go to the grocery store and spend 99 cents, right? But they don't let you bring popcorn into the movie theater, obviously, even though some people probably do. But people will pay for it. Why? Because they're hungry and that's the only option and they're there. 
and they like movie theater popcorn and they already know the money they're going to spend because they've had this experience before. And it's all part of that movie going experience, right? Get your slushy, get your popcorn, get your raisinets and you're in. And these days you could drop 30, 40, $50 easily on movies, or you could stay home and rent a movie and make your own popcorn. Now, a lot of people do that, but every once in a while, people will go to the movies. People don't go to the movies every single day, right? But you may watch a movie every single day. It's the same with photography. Photography is a luxury service. Nobody has to go to you. I mean, if you think about it, they really don't. They don't have to go to you. So if they're going to go to you, they're going to have an idea or a budget in mind based on their perceived value of you and your work. And if you're pricing at your perceived value of your target market, it's going to be a win-win, right? The challenge is when people don't think about their pricing, don't think about their competitors, don't think about what they're, what value they're providing, and there's nothing to separate their work from somebody else. You know, a baby on a beanbag is a baby on a beanbag is a baby on a beanbag. I mean, honestly, if you're a tired mama and you're scrolling through Instagram, it all kind of looks the same. But what will stop them in their tracks? What will stop the scroll? Maybe a unique setup that they haven't seen before. Maybe perfect lighting or perfect posing or a video of you working. That's going to stop them in the tracks. That's going to stop their scroll, right? Consistency in your body of work. They're going to go to your website and check out your work and they're going to dig a little bit deeper and they're going to go, well, you know, this person's a little bit more money, but look at the work that they have to back it up. And that's when you get clients who are willing to fly in, drive two or three hours and are willing to spend time with you because they trust you. They see the evidence of your work. They know what they're going to get and they understand the perceived value. And let me tell you, I've had a lot of women drag their husbands to me and the men are just shaking their head. Like, why are we getting up at four in the morning to see Anna? Why are we driving two or three hours? Then when they get there and they see the way that I and my staff work, most of the time they will tell us, I get it. I get it. Because I and Alex and Estella work very smoothly together. We focus on the work. We're looking to provide a little bit more value. Alex's videos, you know, they stop my clients in their tracks because they see these beautiful videos and they don't even remember the photo session but they have this video forever. Are you even offering video? And I'm not just talking about quickie reels or, you know, one minute instas. I'm talking about an actual experience with your client that when they leave, they not only go, wow, I have beautiful images, but oh my God, look at this video that I'm going to have forever. What is it that you're offering? Are you offering coffee table books? Are you offering wall art? Are you offering clothing? Do you have guides to help them prepare for their session? It's got to be more than because the perceived value has to match the service. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what I want you to do is number one, as I said, go back and write down characteristics of your ideal client. Who is your ideal client? Because if you don't know, pricing is going to be very challenging. Then I want you to write down the kind of services that you're providing. Do they match? You know, if, I, if my client is between 20 and 25, they might not care about canvas or wall arts or even a lengthy video. They may want, you know, quickie reels on Insta and they may want, you know, a half an hour mini newborn session to pay less than 300 and that's okay. 
But again, if you're not understanding who your ideal client is and not basing your services on that ideal client, it's not going to be a good match. At the end of the day, you then need to look at your work. Is your work consistent? If I go to your website or your Instagram or your socials, is there a consistent, cohesive brand? Do I understand who you are? Is there a photo of you, your location? Do I understand what you're offering or is the pricing super confusing? Can I call you and ask you questions or do you provide a client prep guide? What is the level of service you're providing? And think about you as a consumer. What do you want? Hopefully when you sit down and do some evaluation on all of these things, you can then go back and reevaluate your pricing and actually make a profit. Hopefully I've given you some things to think about. Any questions, feel free to reach out. You can find me just about anywhere and I do training worldwide, online and in person. Above all, if nothing else, get yourself a mentor and sit down and work on your pricing because your bank account will thank you. I'm Anna Brandt. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrandt.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at AnnaBrandtEducation.com.